You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Activia. Activia offers a range of yogurts that help support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. With summer just around the corner, let's be honest, we're all thinking about a summer holiday, be that at home or abroad. And while some are dreaming of relaxing on a sun holiday, many of us are looking for a bit more of an adventure. We might want to hit the gym every day while we're away, but being active on holiday has its own appeal to lots and lots of people. What are the best options out there? And are we looking further afield or are we staying at home? Well, my next guest is the expert in holidays. and I'm delighted that Paul O'Connila, the Irish Independence Travel Editor, is joining me today to tell us all about the best active holidays around and how we can get a little bit more bang for our book this year. Paul, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going good, Carl. Thanks for having me. Delighted to be on. So this is an, I've wanted to do this episode for ages. I think there's a huge market out there for people who want a bit more of an active holiday. I follow you all the time on Instagram. I read all your stuff. You find places that I've never heard of before. And I want you to go on and tell all of our listeners about all these fabulous places uh, around the country. But active holidays, they are very popular. And it's not necessarily like a boot camp or whatever, but it's just, yeah. it's active, it's movement. And they're, you know, they've, they're very popular now. Oh, big time. And I'm glad you said that uh, in terms of how do you define what an active holiday is, because you can get all you can get hung up on this really quickly and think if I need an, if I want an active holiday, I have to go and climb Kilimanjaro or I have to, you know, kayak the whole coastline of West Cork or whatever it may be. But that's not the case at all. In fact, what we call soft adventure, which can be anything from pulling out a pair of binoculars and looking at birds to playing golf, walking, cycling a greenway or whatnot are considered to be about 90% of all of the activity and adventure holidays yeah. in the tourism industry. And when you think about it, that's pretty much everybody. And you don't have to go away specifically to do an activity. A lot of people just do them, you know, uh, for an hour or two a day while they're there, or they might have a um, let's say if you're particularly into diving, you might do a paddy course in the morning, but then go sightseeing in the afternoons or just chill in the afternoons. So there's a huge, um, a huge diversity to what we might call activities. But I was hunting around for a few stats to get a sense of how big it is um, before I came on to you, Carl. And there's one or two studies I found. One was by American Express in 2021, which is the height of the pandemic found that uh, this was about wellness holidays and it found that about 68% of us look to base our next trip around improving our mental well-being. So that may not be physically active uh, or you have to walk or you have to go and cycle or whatever, but we're kind of gearing ourselves towards using the holiday as a break and something that's good to sort of reboot ourselves. So it really just depends how you talk about it, but it's definitely informing loads of our trips. Because for a lot of people, when they hear the word active or, you know, they think of those kind of bucket list trips or bucket list holidays. The Camino is one that that, that, that springs to mind. It's it's on. Yeah. It's a very trendy thing to do at the moment. And it's a very bucket listy thing to do. So for, for some people, that is the driver, isn't it? Like it's Everest Base Camp or it's diving with, you know, diving with sharks or whatever. But it's a bucket list kind of trip. So for some people, yeah. it's that. And then for others, it might be half a day of fishing while they're in Kong and Mayo or or something similar. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, bucket lists are interesting because I think there was, cast your mind back to the worst of the lockdowns when a a lot of us were kind of recalibrating how we thought about life and what we do when we came out of the whole pandemic. And one of the things we did, um, a lot of us did decide was that we would put a bit more money or, or, you know, commit ourselves to really experiential trips when we could travel again. There was a hashtag, um, when we travel again, doing the rounds on Twitter, for example. And I think that um, a lot of people have done that. It can be take all kinds of different forms. So I'll give you an example. My son and I started watching Formula One in lockdown. It's the most inactive activity I can think of because you sit on the couch and you watch cars going around in a circle, as his sister tells us all the time. But when we came out of the pandemic, we went and booked a trip and did it. And we we figured it. I was looking at it like that as a once in a lifetime father son mm-hmm. journey. And I'm watching people do Kilimanjaro in that way. I'm watching a guy that I swim with uh, during the week take a decision to do a big birthday trip to Everest Base Camp. Uh, I overheard a couple of other friends talking about how they'd like to do a swim trek this year. Swim trek, if you haven't heard of it, is a company in the UK. I've always wanted to do swim trek. Always. Yeah, it's fascinating. I actually spoke to them recently because I wanted to get an insight into into how Irish people were booking their treks and if they'd had a rise since the pandemic because of all the sea swimming going on. And they said, yes, this is their biggest ever year. And that interestingly, the Irish people booking their trips are um, people looking for challenging swims, which I was surprised by. I thought it'd be more like me looking to do, though I'd consider myself a fairly active swimmer. I might do two or three K in the pool two or two two or three times a week and i would like to bring that to i don't know the med or somewhere yeah. like the red sea if you were at a stretch um but they're saying no, a lot of people want to do you know event swims uh same way as someone might go to boston or new york to do a really mm-hmm. big ticket marathon there's a swim called the hellespont that takes you across the bosphorus from turkey to greece and they said that's particularly popular this year and for those who don't know a swim track is a supported tri- a swim holiday on a boat where all your stuff is supplied you jump off the yeah. boat to swim you have your lunch you jump off the boat to swim it's you know it's a guided swim holiday basically yeah, and they're diversifying a lot. There's a couple of other um, uh, tour operators who do. There's not one that dedicates itself to swimming in Ireland, but there are a few in the UK. So some of them are on liveaboard boats. Others, you come back to base each day. Uh, you might, uh, and then you transport between swims. You typically have 10 to 15 people on a trip and a guide. And, and they will break it down beforehand. Are you a beginner? Are you into uh, moderate swims? Me. Are you into challenging swims? Or are you into ultra swims? So I didn't. I've, I've an ultra swim in about ten weeks. <gasps> get, get, what's, an, uh, what's an ultra swim to you? Ten k. Ooh, okay. Out by Galley Head in uh, in out near Castle Freak in West, in West Cork, but however. Yeah. Uh, the, the, okay, the, so the, you're out of my league. I want to get a face mask <laughs> on and watch the fish as I swim, but you're 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 going full gung ho. Having watched the Ireland Wild, Ireland's Wild documentary on RT the last couple of weeks, I now think I'm going to uh, bump into a basking shark somewhere along the line. It seems to be in every program I've seen in the last few weeks. But however, talk to me about it with with children then. So like you know, yeah. uh, are these kind of active holidays popular for people who have children? Uh, and what kind of options have they got? Good question. And I would say on the whole, you had me think you have me thinking with this one, because I think less so 
simply because of the price and because of the var- the variation in ages. So you, you mentioned the Camino earlier. I see a lot more adults doing the Camino either alone um, or with buddies. I see them going and doing a stage one year and going back and doing another week the next year. Um, for the, sw- the, the, the swims that we spoke about, I don't see many families doing things like that. But what I would see families doing is stuff like um, going to, let's say for argument's sake, the Lisbon coast in Portugal, where there's a lot of surf schools and you can combine, say, a day's uh, two or three hour surfing in the mornings with the beach with the trips into Lisbon, gorging yourself on the pasties donata and all that and coming back and doing it again in the morning. Also, um, you can do, it's not to say you can't do them. I have seen people do hiking holidays and cycling holidays as families, but they just kind of need to be on a similar ability level. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, you know, if you have a two-year-old and you have a, a nine-year-old and a 16-year-old, everybody's going to go at different paces. But there is another company called G Adventures who do... Um, it's kind of similar to Intrepid uh, in that they do active, more exotic programmed holidays, but they have family tours. One example would be somewhere like Costa Rica, where you could go, you would do stand up paddling, you do jungle treks, you do you might do a night in the rainforest, um, zipline adventures and stuff like that. And the the kind of. While a lot of bucket list prices are super expensive, they can start from about 1500 or 2000 a person excluding flights so if you think about costa rica and a family that's not that much but uh so so there is a good spread but i think more so the talk, kind of holidays you and i are talking about are more geared towards adults or buddies doing them and let's pull it back to kind of you know local then for ireland like we've amazing options and i see them time and time again one i came across recently was it's it's, it's slow cabins is yeah that what they're, yeah oh, i've never seen them before and literally a cabin in the back of nowhere in a field with nothing around you. I was like, oh my God, that's heavenly. Could you imagine? Uh, yeah. And I looked up their Instagram. Like, there's so many of these things out there. I found another log cabin place up in Leitrim that looked really cool. Uh, there's so Drum- much out there that looks really, really good value. Drumhearney, I'd say. I, that's I, there's, it. A, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot going on with that. There's a kind of a, there was the whole interiors boom, the, 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 the cabin culture that's come to us through Netflix and through, um, you know, our social channels. Then there was center parks up to that whole kind of packaged activity holiday. Another notch. There's another place called Cabo by the lakes in mm-hmm. County Cavan, which, um, reboots an old kind of Quelche resort with, I'm going to say a, maybe two dozen different uh, wooden cabins in a setting. And then you have much smaller operators, like you're talking about slow cabins in County Galway. Um, And I stayed at another place near you called the Hidden Haven recently and Derry Duff. That looked uh, amazing. There was one shot where there's there's a big window and there's water at the front of it overlooking like the land and it looked incredible. Yeah, super. And that's a simple farm stay. One cabin built on a family's farm. They did it to a lovely high spec. They know what they're doing and what they're they're looking at couples going for somewhere that's really off grid, but they have their creature comforts. But they you walk in and they have it decked out for the kind of person we're speaking about. There's wellies, uh, there's picnic rug. There's towels if you go for a swim. They know that people are going to go for a hike on the mountainside, but then they're going to want to come back and they're going to want to get cozy and they're going to have a a seaweed bath or they're going to want to order in or something like that. But that kind of culture and those kind of really nice eye candy-ish cabin or lodge style stays really go well with this, um, with the kind of activities we're talking about. Look, at 
Carl, some of it is just um, aspirational. You you know, you want to just sit somewhere that looks lovely and you may go for a walk for 40 minutes. You don't have to hike. Which is incredibly beneficial. And yeah. like, are there, are there times of the year that are really good to go to travel? Like presumably, obviously, the summer when the kids are off is busier. So if you're going to get caught up in that, sometimes you have yeah. to be in that. But there are presumably there are times where there are deals and there are there is better values to be had. Yeah, you you. This is just a truism in travel at this stage. This year it will be more than ever. But if you can go off peak, if you if you don't have um, kids of school age and you can do it outside of peak times, you'll really you'll save so much money. You can even look at ski holidays. If you go on the February midterm versus the week before or after, the price can rise or drop as much as 40%. So other than that, the time of year is going to depend on the activity. Interestingly, a lot of the alpine resorts that we ski in over the winter flip to become biking and hiking Mm -hmm. resorts. And they're trying to do this more and more because um, snow sureness is becoming more and more problematic as climate changes so they're trying to diversify themselves and a lot of them are available at at, at better rates in the shoulder and the peak season um if you want to go and and cycle or hike i wouldn't be going doing the camino at the height of july just not only because there'll be a lot of people on it but because it's really going to take a, a toll on you in that kind of weather so that's it's really just kind of common sense the way we work around and, um, and does, does it pay to be cheeky and what i mean by that is by like sending an email saying you know is there a deal you know is there an offer or is there a deal or like you know is there any of that co- or is it so busy that actually the price is the price you will have more leverage and more chance of success if you work where there's going to be availability so if you're the person checking in on a sunday and staying on that night looking for a late check out on the monday more chance of a deal if you're not going in july and august when the whole country is looking to cram their summer holidays into the same eight weeks with all of the tourists coming into ireland at the same time um, the, where you'll find the value and we're going to be talking about value and ripoffs and gouging and all that a lot this summer because there's a lot of price pressure on the mm. tourism industry and, and on our pockets. But if you can stay two or three days uh, at, in resort, get on the phone and ask what else they can give because the value they'll be able to provide is in the meal or the round of golf or the the what a lot of them are calling it's kind of an american term but resort credit where they give you say a value of 50 euro to spend yep. while you're there that kind of stuff um in summer a lot of the of hotels are now looking for minimum stays so two nights or three nights they won't consider a single night booking because really that's when they pile in the business um, but a couple of other things, it, book direct with the hotel. Uh, if you're booking using booking.com, hotels.com, Expedia, they take a cut. So if you go on and book directly, you'll get a lower rate. And some hotels try and incentivize it as well. Carl, they might give you 10% off or, or a bottle of bubbles in the room or something like that. Um, and I would, the other two tips I usually give are if you're hiring a car, take out a car hire excess policy before you go. Okay. Because you know the way when you get off the plane and you go in and there's a big queue and everyone's grumpy and you're knackered and then you're hit with this upsell at the desk that you don't really understand. But an excess policy costs about 60 quid for a year and it takes care of all the excess stuff. So that's another tip. And um, I'm telling everyone right now to check their passports and date and book the airport parking. That happened, the passport thing happened to us <laughs> once. I, I very nearly never, haven't forgiven my wife. We went to Abu Dhabi and we got into Abu Dhabi oh. and then we got into the passport and we were we were, we were were skewered into the security office and it was, with, to get in, it has to be over six months left on it and there wasn't. And we yeah. 
just managed to sweet talk our way into the country. Just about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we very nearly got deported. Uh, so it's worth checking your passport. What about travel insurance then for active holidays? Is it any more expensive? Yeah. And is it oh, that's a, that's a good that's a good point. I didn't think about that before I come on to you. But uh, yes, you need to specify any activities where there's extra risk. And the most common one we would know is skiing. So you need specific winter sports insurance if you're skiing. So if you're, if you're in doubt, you won't need it for hiking. You won't need it to go on a greenway. But if you're if you're doing something more adventurous, certainly if it's something like scuba diving, you definitely need to give your insurer a call. And and it typically won't be an enormous amount. The best thing to do with travel insurance is have an annual policy. If you have a family, get a family annual policy because the there's more value in including you all in it. It could for winter sports, you know, you could pay 20 or 30 extra over a year. So um, uh, with travel insurance, the other thing, Carl, is you should take it out when you book the holiday or at least several weeks beforehand, because about a third of the times that we use travel insurance are before we even go. When you think about it, it makes sense. You get sick. Uh, someone can't make it. There's a there's a disruption before you even go. Um, so there's no point waiting until the last minute to take it out. OK, you mentioned skiing there. Is Should you book that like now or do you wait last minute and try and get it? You know, is there better value to be booking really early or do you wait last minute and try and get a last minute deal? Um, oh, it's a good question. It depends on what's at stake. If you have a family or a big a big group going, it's not worth the sweat to leave it till the last minute because uh, you could end up with the worst rooms you could end up not getting the holiday you could end up with a high price if you're if you're if you're not too plus by it if you're flexible by all means give it a shot because there's likely to be late deals and if you don't mind whether you're skiing in Andorra or Austria this year then you you can kind of act on what you see but typically speaking I'd lock down anything where there's a risk or a big experience or a big outlay as far ahead as you can and and that's not just for ski now that's for the summer holidays um there people who leave the summer holidays to the last minute tend to um get the poorer choice of the rooms and the routes and they also leave themselves if this is an issue for you you can also spread out your payments if you book further ahead so that may not be an issue for everybody but worth saying typically ski is december through through april so it's gone for this year but people will be looking at next year take a look at the high altitude resorts for the reasons we mentioned earlier because of lack of snow yeah yeah I, I, and particularly around the fringes of the, the season the early and late um and the other thing i would say is the price you look at for a ski holiday won't include this is more sort of for beginners um it won't include the skis and it won't include the lift passes Stuff, or the yeah. the schools so just bear that in mind when you're doing your maths so um desert island discs time now so uh if i was to say to you look you know we're gonna go off on an active holiday in ireland give us a couple of your favorite ones that you love to do share share them with us and oh. it's a horrible question i get that it's like oh what's your best thing but actually you know yeah. it's interesting because you've done so much and, and you, you know anyone who reads your columns or follows you on instagram will see all the places you get to some of your your, your favorite kind of things to do for active holidays in ireland yeah. Okay. Good question. And, and fair. I, I always try and fob that off by saying it's my next one because I, that's why when I got into travel, I was just had this kind of insatiable attitude for seeing new stuff and doing new experiences and feeling that kind of adrenaline and that sense of being alive when you're out there and you're, and you're active and you're, you're taking stuff in and you're noticing mm-hmm. it. But that said, uh, a couple of wills uh, w- absolutely spring to mind. I, I love the Berra Peninsula as one yeah. example, which isn't too far from where you are at 
uh, in West Cork and also Kerry. It straddles the the border cuts between down the middle of the peninsula. But um, I've gone back several times and it's never as crowded as the Ring of Kerry. And you rarely see big coaches there due to the size of the roads. As far as I'm aware, there's only one hotel on the peninsula, not counting Glengariff and Kenmare now. And I did a walk the last time I was there called the Rabbock Way, which uh, is really buried in the heart of it, in the middle of the peninsula, in this kind of horseshoe shaped valley. You, you, you're driving along a road that's just getting thinner and thinner until the grass in the middle of the boreen is kind of scrubbing the bottom of your car like a brush. <laughs> and you, you park up and you follow this little trail and it brings you after, I think it's an hour and a half or so, into a, a, a deserted village um with the stone houses just and and the wind whistling between them and there's a little stream alongside it and i had the whole valley to myself it's like I a discovered... dermot and meditation episode the way you're the way you're, you're describing that you're bringing us all with you and we're kind of deep breathing on our way okay that sounds like a nice one what else there's a murder story at the end of that by the way just to, <laughs> just to completely throw in a plot turn which is worth looking at um i and i also mentioned that i love the water and um I found I'm kind of a fair weather swimmer and I'm not ashamed to say I get the wetsuit out when I hit the sea in the summer and I get my mask and my snorkel on. And I had a wonderful snorkel in Keane Bay in County Mayo with my daughter. It's it's many years ago now. That's actually one place where you might see basking shark. You will. They, they used to hunt them there. But yeah, that, that's another that's another anorak conversation. But yeah, it's it's yeah. by all accounts that's where they come in every single year, and and they have done for historically for 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 centuries. Yeah. Um, it, a beautiful part of the world, a fabulous part of the world. And then final one. Um, I'll go for so for an activity holiday in Ireland. Uh, will I pull it away from? Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to pull it away from the West Coast. Um, I will go for Rathlin Island. Oh, How yeah. That? Good one. Yeah, nice. Uh, is, so that's off the coast of Northern Ireland. You take a ferry out from Bar- Ballycastle, 45 minutes, and you travel back in time. And you get to this island where there are maybe 100, 120 people live. This chugging old, you know, repurposed school bus takes you up the hill to a seabird center where you look out on, you know, over a hundred thousand birds in season, including puffins, just squabbling and flying around. Uh, and the sound and the smell and the sensation of it, to think that it's so close to the mainland, but feels like something you'd see in the pages of National Geographic. It took me ages to get there. I'd remembered it from the geography books in school. But finally, being on the island and 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 hearing all the stories about it, it's also where Robert the Bruce is supposed to have hidden the cave before he saw that spider persevering with his web and went back to Scotland to take up his his, his fight again. Is supposed to have hidden out there. So I just loved it. I loved those kind of moments off grid. I don't need to go there for a month. You know, even a day, two days in a place like that will recharge me. I'm with you. I'm almost looking at the puffins as you talk us through that. You have a fantastic voice for radio. You should do meditation because your your voice is absolutely built for it. Uh, if people want to follow you on Instagram, remind us where you are. Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Polo Canilas. It's P-O-L-O-C-O-N-E-H-A-I-L-E. I know we mentioned a couple of companies there, but there's loads of them out there, Carl. Um Travel department, TD Active, Navin Travel. There's a Camino company called Magic Hill that does really lovely, thoughtful, sustainably minded trips to the Camino. They're all based in Ireland and they're all doing these kinds of activities we're talking about. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Folks, go and book your next trip. Go and book your next holiday and go and follow Paul on his Instagram. He does a fantastic Guess Where I Am game every now and again that I'm totally addicted to every time he posts it. Uh, that is it for another episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. As ever, you know where we are. Realhealth.independent.ie at Carl Henry PT on Instagram. And if you like what you listen to, don't forget to rate and review. We'll see you soon. It's longer full. <laughs>